Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I'm so very glad you're listening in today. During this episode, you'll learn five secrets event planners love in order to keep the speaking gigs coming. First time here on Your Best Writing Life. If you don't know her already, you're going to want to know her. You're going to want to sit down with her. You're going to want to have like a cup of coffee with her. You're going to want to invite her to your parties. I'm just saying, that's all going to happen. My industry expert is Erica Wiggenhorn, and Erica is an award-winning author and international speaker. She has published five books with Moody Publishers and three on-demand video teaching series. She writes for Proverbs 31 Ministries on their First Five app. She lives in Phoenix, Arizona with her BFF, Jonathan, and their four children, out of which only two are human. The others are furry and quite adorable. So, Erica, it is great to have you here on Your Best Writing Life. Linda, this is so fun. I am so excited to hang out with you today. Well, I'm glad that we're hanging out together here. We have so much to offer our listeners. But as I always do, especially with our first-time experts on on the program, I want to take a little peek behind your personal curtain, if you don't mind, Erica. Would you please share with us something about yourself that we probably won't read in your bio? All the secrets. This really is about sharing (laughs) secrets today, I guess. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you a secret, Linda. If God could call me to anything, if I could choose what God would call me to, I would ask him to call me to this. I would love to be a backup dancer for Toby Mac's Diverse City Band. I love it. So you think that's something that you would love to do then? Oh, 100. I would love it. I don't know if Toby Mac would love it, but I would love it. The audience would probably get a lot of comic relief out of it, seeing as I have zero rhythm and no moves at all. But, you know, it's kind (laughs) of like this thing with a joyful noise, right? Like, I dance with joy. That's all I have to say. (laughs) There it is. So you're probably going to stick to writing, and I tell you, that is a gift. You are gifted at writing. So I'm I'm glad that you're doing that. Whether that may not have been your first initial want to, I'm glad that you were obedient to God and have written. Your Bible studies are amazing. Amazing. So I'm well, very glad that you're you, here. Friend. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our content for today. We're going to be looking at five secrets event planners love. These are going to help us as writers and speakers to keep those speaking gigs coming. We need to know this, especially for times such as this. As we start out, I'm going to ask you, what can I do as an author to get more speaking engagements? Yeah, great question. So the first thing that you want to do, all of us want to do, is we want to put ourselves in the shoes of the event planner. We have to realize, you know, we're coming in as a speaker and in our mind, we're like nervous. We're putting ourselves out there. We're thinking about how people are going to respond to us. And 
And we should because some of that fear, that little bit of fear drives us to excellence. It makes us ready in our presentation. But we also need to realize that the event planner themselves, they have their own little bit of fear that they're dealing with Mm. because they're trusting you to come and deliver a message. And if you come and deliver a message that their people don't like or it doesn't resonate with them, uh, maybe they've paid for a ticket. They've certainly given up their most precious commodity, which is their time. And if something goes awry, they're going to go to that event planner first and foremost. So we have to put ourselves in their shoes and realize while your mom might know you're awesome and you might think your message is awesome. Uh, they don't. They don't know that you're awesome. They're probably giving you a shot. Uh, they may not know you well. And so, one of the things that we want to do as potential speakers is we want to have endorsements from people who have actually heard us speak. Uh, people that know us can vouch for our integrity that we are going to come and prepare with excellence and deliver a timely message. And so having those testimonials on either your speaker one's sheet or your website is going to be huge. Uh, A second thing that you want to do is, you know, depending on your personality, you want the aspects of your personality to shine through. That's going to be difficult to do on a one sheet or even on your website, unless you capture a quick video. So if you're a very humorous speaker, capture a quick one to two minute video showing that side of you and put that on your website for people to be able to view. If you are a very professorial type speaker, capture that. Don't put a speaking clip on your video that doesn't capture the essence of your voice as a speaker, but put something on there that gives the event planner a very strong idea of what you're going to be like, how you present. That's going to put them at ease and give them much more a much more compelling reason to go ahead and hire you and invite you to come. This is great. So I've got secret number one. We are to put ourselves in the event planner's shoes. That means we provide for them endorsements and also let our personality shine. Get those videos out that you cannot be afraid of getting in front of the camera. Let yourself shine just how God created you to be. And you know, I'm all about personalities, Erica. So I love that that's one of the things that you said we need to do in order to help the event planner and make what we're doing not about us. So this is very, very good. What's the second secret? What's the second thing that we need to embrace as writer speakers? Yeah, the second thing, Linda, is we really have to know our audience. And so you're going to have to start the conversation with the event planner. Don't start the conversation by telling the event planner all about you. Start the conversation by getting to know your audience and asking the event planner about them. Ask them things like, who have you had speak before? What did you love about them? What did you enjoy about their presentation? What a, what did they bring that really resonated with your audience? Um, Was there anything you wish they would have done differently? 
uh, open the door to allow the event planner to really share their heart and give you a glimpse into the audience that you're going to be presenting to. Um, you know, I've walked into audiences where they, they're they going through a church split. I've walked into audiences where the pastor's wife just passed away and the church is grieving terribly. Um, you need to know your audience. And so while we want to kind of jump in and sometimes and maybe sell ourselves and say, tell them all the reasons why we're so excited and they should, they should hire us to come. Uh, we really need to take a pause and, and make that secondary and know your audience primary. So you want to ask a lot of questions and you want to have a very clear understanding the nature of the group that you're walking into. If you're teaching at a conference what is their expert level? You don't want to come present the basics and you're dealing with a very advanced audience in that particular industry or vice versa. You don't want to assume that they know a whole lot when in reality, uh, maybe they all just became real estate agents yesterday and you're talking about, you know, in-depth topics in the market that are very niche and they're just trying to figure out how to print a business card. Uh, so you right. want... Right. You want to know your audience. That's so, so key. And another thing that I also do, which ties just beautifully, it just dovetails into this, Erica, is depending on the topic that they're bringing me in to speak on, I will ask them, what emotion would you love your audience to walk away with? What feeling do you want them to walk away with at the end of this event when they're heading out the door? What would you like them to be saying with one another? Ooh, and, some, and sometimes I might get, oh, that, that they love God. They love this. I said, okay, but if we could go deeper and it actually helps the planner sometimes because they go, I hadn't even thought about that. It can ignite some other thought into the process. And I really do like having that face of knowing who I'm going to see. I ask them what the demographics are, ages, what is the split as far as how many are married. Or, you know, if we can get whatever we can get, then we can serve. And that's how I played it. I'll say, I want to serve your audience the best that I can. And that's what I'm getting from you is to be able to know your audience to serve them well. Right. Amen. Amen. And the more information you have going in, the better you can prepare and the better you'll mm. be able to serve and meet needs. So absolutely. Amen. Amen. But, so yeah. good. Good, but good. When we get excited, right. We're all excited about our message. We're all excited about the possibility of you know, getting this, this gig, right. It, it, we have to work hard for somebody yes. to trust us, to hand us a microphone. And so it's natural mm -hmm. to get excited. And when we get excited, our tendency, our default can become, let me tell you all about me and all the places I've spoken mm -hmm. and who's heard this message before and how much they loved it. And all of that information is wonderful for the event planner, but that's never what you want to lead with. 
You Mm. always want to lead with the questions and connect with the event planner's heart and find out where they're coming from and who they're trying to serve because you're ultimately partnering with them. And then you can follow up with all of your excitement and your endorsements and all the reasons why at this point you feel like you are a good fit for their audience. Amen. So good. I love that. Start with their needs and their audience. Excellent. You tell us the secret number three is not to make our message a guessing game. Explain that a little bit if you would. Yes. So uh, let's be honest. We are all creatives, right? Writers, speakers, podcasters, we are creatives and we like to be creative. And a lot of times we want to come up with some pithy, pithy little, you know, title for our talk. And the event planner is thinking, okay, where are they going to go with this? Right? So first of all, you know, make it clear, make it clear. Don't make it a guessing game what your talk is going to be about. That doesn't mean that it has to be dry. You can still bring a creative element into it, but make it fairly obvious what you're going to be talking about. So that's the first thing. But the second thing, when we talk about don't make it a guessing game, I put this right in my speaking agreement. I send all of my teaching notes ahead of time to the event planner and I let them know that they will receive literally a dictation almost of what I'm going to present at least six weeks before their event. And I can't even tell you how many times that has saved my little hide because When you go in and you speak at a lot of different churches, a lot of different organizations, all sorts of denominational backgrounds, as much as we want to believe that we are very enlightened as to where people are coming from and what they think and believe, we don't always know with certain denominations if there is a particular author that we might quote and you know what, maybe that denomination, their pastor's very clear that they don't agree with this author theologically, and they don't want you quoting that author at their church or at their retreat. Or maybe you're thinking you have this fantastic quote, and you're going to go speak at an organization only to find out, oh, that's one of their chief competitors, and you've just given them big props from the stage. Well, that's not going to go over well either. Mm. So you want to let them know what you're going to be saying. You don't want to tell a funny story about you in your yoga class and you're speaking in front of an audience that thinks yoga's evil, right? Like you just don't right. know. Right. And so right. you want to be mindful of that because at the end of the day, we want to come as ambassadors of Christ And we want to create unity among the body. We don't ever want to give the enemy an opportunity to create strife by using Mm. our words. And so if you can not make it a guessing game and let the event planner know, listen, I'm going to give you all of my notes. You're going to know my illustrations. You're going to know any quotes that I'm bringing and who said them. 
and they can go through it and then they can come back and say to you, you know what, I really prefer that you take this story out and here's why. Or I really prefer you don't quote that particular author. And sometimes they may not even tell you why, but you need to respect that request. I would highly, highly encourage anyone and everyone, especially if you're not familiar with the group or you're speaking in a venue that you don't necessarily have a full understanding of all their doctrinal beliefs, don't make it a guessing game. Uh, We are coming to serve and not to sell. And so while they may tell us they don't want us to share our funniest, most hilarious, most awesomest story ever, we need to respect that and trust that God is protecting us from something he does not want us to say because of how it may be construed or received. Erica, there may be some of our listeners that are going, what? You want me to send them my talking plan, my what I'm going to share? Wait, that's my secret sauce. I, I don't want to share it ahead of time. Or you might even have some that go, oh, was I supposed to have that prepared ahead of time? What would you speak into those individuals that might be a little leery sharing this? Is there an abbreviated form? Do they have an alternative or do they just need to get over it? Yeah, great question. Funny thing is, I have this story that I've used many times in my speaking and I used it recently and someone came up to me afterward and they said, I've heard that story before. And I kind of chuckled inside because I'm thinking, well, somebody heard heard me tell this story and took it and reused it in, in their speaking. And on the one side, I could be upset by that, right? And be like, hey, that's my story. It's, it's a personal real life story. It's not something I just made up. But on the other hand, I could be like, you know what? I'm going to take that as a compliment because... Obviously, that person was like, that is a great story. That's a great illustration. And it stuck with me enough that I wanted to retell it. And so at the end of the day, we're all on Team Jesus here. Uh, If you have something that is very proprietary to you, you certainly can copyright your notes if you wanted to. But the reality is, is you're going to go present to an audience of 100, 200, 500, 1,000. They're not signing a copyright agreement that they're not going to repeat what you share anyway. So we have to realize that, you know, again, we're coming to serve, not to sell. If somebody loves your story and takes it and uses it, well, consider it a compliment. Uh, Mm. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about that anyway. So I say get over it. Uh, It does force you to prepare and be prepared. So you're not winging it the night before. Oh, yeah, I'm going tomorrow to speak. I better figure that out. Uh, So it does force you to be to not procrastinate and to come in with excellence and have thought about what you're going to share ahead of time. So there's so many benefits to it, Linda, and I think the benefits far outweigh the possibility that someone might come along and copy what you've presented. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with you. And you've also provided the event planner with a timeline six weeks before the event, I'm going to send this to you. And that gives 
the individual who maybe they want to tweak their talk, it's going to give them some time to be able to say, no, I can tweak this, get this done. And you're absolutely right. If we already have our mind framed around what we're going to be sharing, God just does so much more with that. Now, there may be times he may give me something when I'm walking up to speak and I really have to know, is this the audience? I have to trust Father. Father, if you're going to give me something, I know you're going to give it to me when I'm in front of an audience that is ready to hear. And I just, I call it getting skinny with the spirit. I just really have to lean into him and trust him, right? With, in all transparency, when I'm coming to speak to an audience, and I'm saying, this is where I'm going with this. This is what we're addressing. This is what we're looking at. I think that's an, a great way to set the event planner's mind at ease. And golly, for them to get excited even more about bringing us in as speakers. Absolutely. And so, it lets their team know how to pray. And it gives the event planner an idea how to communicate to her people what's going to happen and get them excited. So it, and it's just professional, right? It, it's just professional, right? You don't let anyone just show up on your podcast here and you're like, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we, I know you have any, we haven't discussed it, right? You want to know ahead of time before I got here, like, what are you going to talk about? Where are you going with this? Um, it's professional. And if you can't tell them that, you look like a rookie <laughs> and that's going to mm. make them nervous. It will make them nervous. And we don't want any event planners nervous. We don't want, even like you said, we don't want interviewers nervous. They can all do things a different way. I like to be able to come alongside my guest and to be kind of a conduit. So with that, it really does help me if we are prepared and prep sheet goes out. We know what we're going to be talking about. So that makes it great. You had mentioned, Erica, when we provide what we're going to be talking about to the event planner, it helps the event planner in encouraging how the team is to pray. And that's secret number four. You said to make prayer a top priority. Yes. Let's go there. Yes. You know, the Bible's pretty clear. Uh, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, no thing. And that includes speaking. That includes writing. That includes being interviewed. Uh, we can't do anything. We're not going to have anything meaningful to offer apart from Christ. And so we have to come prayed up. We have to be prepared. Uh, Jesus mm -hmm. said, through us, rivers of living water would flow. He didn't say, I'm going to put a well inside of you to access when you need it. He said it would flow through uh, us, which uh, means uh. we have to always be open to him coming and working through us. And that openness comes through abiding. It comes through prayer. And so as much as we want to maybe think that we've We've got this message nailed. 
you know, I think a lot of times, Linda, we really fall into that category when we're doing two things. One is when we are sharing our testimony or our personal story, right? It's our story. It's our life. So how much praying do we have to do? I mean, I've lived it, right? So we can come in that category of speaking. I think it's really easy to default into self-sufficiency when we're just sharing mm. our testimony. The second mm. area is when we're sharing maybe some expert advice. Uh, you know, we know it, we've lived it, we've done it, uh, personal experience, right? But the reality is lives are only going to be touched and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bus businesses are only going to grow through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Anything that you and I share here today, uh, it's only going to be taken and implemented effectively by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, apart from Jesus, there's no thing that I'm going to share or you're going to share that's going to impact a life in a way that's going to bear fruit. Only Christ mm -hmm. can do that. And so we Amen. have to be serious about prayer. First of all, it puts us in a posture of humility when we're going in and serving, which is always a beautiful thing to come in humble, to come in helpful, to come in ready to serve. Uh, but mm. secondly, it's going to shift our perspective. It's going to take all the onus of performance off of mm. us. And we're going to press in and we're going to lean into the Father. And we're going to show up and say, Jesus, I've done my homework. I've prepared the talk. I've practiced it in front of the mirror or forced my kids to listen to me practice it or my spouse. <laughs> right? like, and now it's all you like Jesus, do your thing. Um, and frankly, when we get to that point, when we like step in and we're like, okay, God, like, I'm just going to let you be enough here. I've done my part. Now you show up and show off. Uh, we're going to give a better presentation because we're not going to be focused on ourselves and all of our nerves and all of our fidgets and a fussy soul of, is this, am I going to perform well? We're going to be past mm. all of that. And we're going to be able to serve better Man. and we're going to be able to communicate more effectively. So prayer has got to be a matter of utmost importance. One of the things I put straight up in my speaking agreement is I say, I must have a time of prayer with you and with your team before the event starts because prayer has to be of utmost importance, but it also provides me an opportunity to bless them because I can pray over them before the event starts and I can Amen. give voice to all of their jitters and all of their worries and fussiness and I can minister to them directly in that way. So prayer. Don't even think about doing anything without prayer. So good. I love it. We can't reiterate the importance of prayer enough. We've got to have that communication. And to be able to pray over others, oh, I love doing that. That is just so powerful. So powerful. All right. Let's go ahead and get to secret number five. Erica, you share with us that we should be teachable and grateful. Yes. What's that about? So the teachable part really brings the whole thing full circle. 
because we started out, Linda, talking about how we need those testimonials to put these event planners at ease, right? So at the end of every event, you want to open the door to be teachable. And so I actually created, I just created it on SurveyMonkey. You could create it on you know, Google Forms. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but create some sort of a survey that you send to the event planner asking for feedback. What did I do well? What could, where could I improve? What would you have liked me to change? Uh, was my presentation professional? Did I effectively connect with your audience? Did I meet your expectations? Um, some just very general questions. And at the end, you can say, um, can you please let me know one or two things where you felt I really shined as a speaker? And guess what? Now you can take those that survey and you now have some testimonials to use because that that event planner just told you one or two things where you really you really hit it out of the park as a speaker like you were um a wonderful storyteller or you really understood the audience's needs uh you came with a very with a heart to serve and you made yourself available to the audience afterward to connect with them and that they really appreciated that. So you've done two things. One, you've garnered yourself an authentic testimonial, but two, you've also gained valuable information as to where you do shine as a speaker and what you do really well. And you're going to take that and you're going to say, Okay, Lord, you're going to go back to the prayer thing and you're going to say, okay, Lord, I, you just showed me how you've wired me to connect with audiences. Show me how to best implement that gift in my future speaking opportunities. So be teachable. Ask for feedback. Uh, one, it shows that you're a professional. Uh, you want to learn. You realize you're, you are learning. You're not an expert in the field yet. You have valuable things to offer, but you want to continue to grow with excellence. So put together some kind of follow-up survey and let the event planner know. I let the event planner know in my speaking agreement that I will send this follow-up survey and I appreciate their willingness to give me feedback so I can continue to serve the Lord and his people with excellence. Uh, event planners are more than happy to do that for you, but be upfront about it. So that's the teachable piece. And then the second piece is be grateful, be grateful always. And I mean, always send a thank you note after you speak somewhere, thanking them for the opportunity. And when you send that thank you note, don't just say thank you for the opportunity allowing me to come speak. Yes, say that. But what you need to do is you need to cite something very specific you were grateful for. So maybe you want to say to the event planner, uh, I'm so grateful that you 
gathered such a large team together before the event started. I really believe God worked at your event in the way that he did because you prioritized prayer. And I really want to applaud you for that. Um, Or it was amazing to watch you and your team. You made me feel so comfortable because you were such a strong leader and delegated so well your calmness brought me calmness as I stepped up onto the stage. And I really just want to acknowledge what an incredible leader you are. You want to be give the event planner something very specific that you appreciate about them and about their team so that they feel like you really, truly stepped into their world and saw them and what they do on a daily basis as they put these events together. And that's really another whole first full circle moment, if you will, because they're going to feel like you did put yourself in their shoes and you did know and understand the audience that they worked so hard to serve that day. And that's going to go a long way in compelling them to ask you to come back. So teachable and grateful. At the end of the day, what we really want to do with these event planners is we want to build relationship because that feeling of relationship is going to be what what causes them to say, you know what, we've had a lot of speakers here, but Linda, she really stood out from the rest because Linda made me feel seen. She made me feel known. She made me feel like she understands the pressures of my job and my heart for the people that I'm called to serve. And so Linda is someone who comes and speaks as a partner with me. And I love Mm. that. And so I want to bring Linda back. And that Mm. comes from Teachable and Grateful. And that's so very, very good, because that was a question I was going to ask you. You know, once you've given your talk, If you're new to speaking, you will be developing a signature talk. This may be based on your book. It could be based on your life experience. But there will be a signature talk that people will hear, and they're going to want you to tell it and tell it again. And so when we share that signature talk, what can we do to help the planner have you come back again? You know, one thing that I will often tell people when they show me their speaking one sheet is, yes, you have your signature talk, you have your signature message. Uh, One area on that sheet that you want to include other talks that I share or topics I'm passionate about and would love to share with your audience. So you don't want the event planner to be like, okay, so you came and you shared your signature talk on your book. What else do you talk about? You don't want, again, don't make it a guessing game. Don't make them have That's to dig. Um, have some additional things on there. So when you go and you really connect with this event planner and they're like, man, I really want to have you back. They don't have to think too long and too hard about what else they could have you come back and do. It's very clear. It's right there on your one sheet. It's right there on your your website. You don't want them to have to come hunt you down to know what else you are passionate about bringing to their audience. That's very good. Erica, when you were talking to us about 
having speaking engagements and we could be in front of 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people. And often when new speakers begin to engage in more events, I found that some of them don't feel that they've arrived until they have a huge platform and speaking in front of thousands of people. I know that you are having a thought on that as far as why small speaking engagements are a good thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, we we could do a whole episode just on this, Linda, honestly. But, you know, we're coming to serve, not to sell. And so you come and you serve and you serve the one, you serve the five, you serve the 12. Uh, you know, when we open up the Gospels, Linda, Jesus's most profound teaching wasn't to the crowds. It was to right. the 12. And you never know who's in that audience of 12. You know, I recently had a an invitation, a friend of, she's a friend of mine. Uh, she leads a, a Bible study and she asked me to come do an event in her home. And there was, there were 15 people there, right? And I spent half of my Saturday going and ministering to these 15 women. And on the one hand, I could be like, you know, um, I only have so many Saturdays in a month. I have a family. I really should reserve that for going to speak somewhere else where there's going to be at least 300 people, you know, whatever. But the Lord made it clear to me that I was supposed to be there. And there were some incredible breakthrough moments in women's lives that happened that day. And the spirit of God was present there, not because I was the speaker, but because God had a, a divine appointment with these women and he allowed me the privilege of being a part of that. And I would have missed it. But God also reminded me that you never know. Not only do you not ever know what he's going to do in the lives of the 15, you never know who the 15 are. And I did not know this. My friend did not tell me this, but she had actually invited three people that she knew that were event planners four churches. And after that morning, all three of them reached out to me and said, Hey, will you come do our annual conference? Will you come do our women's retreat? So I could have said, no, I'm not going to give up half a day to go talk to 15 people. And guess what? I probably wouldn't have gotten those three speaking events out of it. Mm -hmm. So you'd never know. So just go and serve and let God do his thing. You know, the other thing is um, don't despise the small beginnings because the small beginnings are a really great place to practice. And then as you send out that form for feedback, you begin to discover your voice. You begin to get clarity on what type of a speaker you are, where you shine, how you're connecting with your audience. And then when you get bigger platform opportunities, you're prepared. You know how God has wired you as a speaker. You know where your gifts shine in the communication realm. I remember the first time I got invited to speak at a really big church, like big church. And 
the gal picked me up from the airport and she said, you know, I just really want to apologize because I don't really know how many people are going to be at this event tonight because, you know, we just had Levi Lusco and his wife last night at our church doing a marriage event and it was a packed house. And so, you know, we, we might only have like a thousand people and I hope you feel like you're time up here is worth it. And I was laughing inside because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like a thousand people, like, you know, I've only spoken in front of a thousand people, like one other time in my life, you know, I'm not this big wig speaker, like you're used to having, but I remember, uh, it was very obvious to me that they were used to having these very big wig speakers because I had sent them my slides and they had asked me to come up to the green room and they had all of my slides, but they were all out of order. Mm. And the person running the, the tech area, she wanted me to tell her how to put all my slides in order. So I had like 15 slides and she's like, I have all your slides because they reformatted them all for their, you know, super duper tech worthy equipment that they have. Right. And I had to just off the cuff be able to tell them, oh, well, this one and this one and this one. And then they took it a step further and they're like, can you give me the key word or key phrase you're going to say so I know I can get ready to change your slide for you? Because they're expecting this highly polished professional performance. Ha ha. <laughs> and so... I remember thinking there and standing there, you know, and saying to the Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you did not give me this opportunity even a year ago, because I would have looked like a complete idiot and terrified the event planner when I would have turned to them and said, uh, can we go back downstairs and I get my notes uh, and then we come back up here and do this because I just want to make sure I get it right because she's was used to people that, you know what, they have their signature talk. They know it inside and out. They don't even use notes. Uh, they are like legit, legit professionals. So don't despise the small things because the small mm -hmm. things prepare us for the larger things. And God Amen. is clear in his word. If we're faithful with little, we'll be faithful with much. So mm -hmm. allow God to mold you and shape you and teach you. And he will continue to open greater and greater doors as we are ready. Um, so yeah, I can't, Yeah, I, I, and I could just share so many stories of when I, you know, got down off of a platform and wanted to run and hide in a hole because I felt like I biffed it. And, you know, thank God that was a mops group of 20 people, right? Like right. And right. Not this church, right? So just, do what God puts in front of you. Go with a heart to serve. Leave the results to him and trust mm -hmm. that he's going to use that in your life. If you come humbly, you come prepared, you come with a heart to love and serve the audience that he's put in front of you. He will continue to open up greater and greater doors. Absolutely. He will. Absolutely. Have you ever used a speaking coach? I have used a speaking coach and I can't recommend them enough. Uh, you know, okay. it's, it, it's kind of like people say, well, you know, why, why do you need to spend the money on a speaking coach? Well, do you spend the money on an editor? I mean, <laughs> would you put a book uh, out there that hasn't been edited? Uh, you know, don't, don't stand up in front of people and expect them to give you 45 minutes of 
of their time when you haven't taken the time to edit your talk. And a speaking coach is going to help you do that. You know, it's it's not yeah. only what we say, but it's how we say it. Our body language, our gestures, where we stand, how we stand. If we're delivering important information and we've got our legs crossed in front of us and our shoulders hunched over, we're not going to look very confident about the content right. that we're delivering. Uh, all these things are so important. Researchers tell us, what is it? 65, 70% of communication is our body language. Well, guess what? That's you better right. have somebody watching you, how you look as you're delivering your message, because it's going to either open the door for people to be more receptive to what you're saying, or it's going to cause them to look at you and go, eh, I'm not entirely convinced I need to listen to this. This is truth. It is truth. And we do. I, I appreciate that you brought that out. And I love the comparison. I think that that is correct. If we're going to speak, let's have some other ears that are honed to what needs to be removed. I, I call it being remembered for your message and not your mistakes. And mm. the message is important. And it's just like a book cover is important. The chapter outline is important. Everything that we do as writers has value. And positioning and posture and all of that has value when we're speaking as well. Very good. Very, very good. Well, you have given us so much, Erica. I'm going to ask you a question, though, that I always ask first-time guests here on Your Best Writing Life. Erica Wiggenhorn, what brings you joy? Ooh. Well, I'll talk about it in the, in the realm of speaking, since that's what we've spent the last hour talking about, Linda. What brings me joy is when I get down off of a platform and somebody says, I met Jesus today through what you shared. Um, I put my faith mm. in Christ. There is no greater joy in my life than that, uh, that God would use me to introduce somebody to his son. I can't think of a greater privilege on the planet, honestly. And that fills my heart with greater joy than I can even describe. Mm. That's so good. It's who you are. It's what you were created to do. And we all are given that opportunity. Prayerfully, we all get up every morning and say, Father, how do you how do you want to use me today? And then we walk out confidently for his glory and to his honor. That's a beautiful thing. Well, you have your latest book that's out. An Unexpected Revival, Experiencing God's Goodness Through Disappointment and Doubt with um, Moody Publishers. And great study. Great study. This is, is this book number five? It is. And I know that it can be found everywhere. Folks, you need to get a copy of it. I'm actually going through the study myself, really enjoying it. And I know that you have a gift for those that are listening and tell us a little bit about that. 
the passion of my life, Linda, as you know, is to get people space in the book, meaning the Bible, and for them to live like it's true, to live in its promises. And so uh, I've created three free eBooks for people that are wanting to dive in deeper in their relationship with God. And the first one is 50 Days to Intimacy with God. It's it's a devotional. Uh, the second one is The Busy Woman's Guide to Praying for Friends and Family. Uh, if, you're, if you're a guy and you're listening, it'll apply to you as well. Uh, women are just kind of my thing, but if you want to up your prayer life, that's there as well. And the last one is what Jesus wants women to know about God. So those are three free eBooks. They're right on my website at ericawigginhorn.com. They're yours for the taking. Excellent. So appreciative of you being on with us, Erica. Thank you for taking precious time out of your day. And I look forward to hearing what everyone is going to be saying about this particular episode. We do need to be prepared to speak with confidence, to speak well, and to speak with a servant's heart, to share with passion what God has placed in us as writers. And you've given us just really some great secrets that are no longer secrets, honey. We've let them out of the bag. Now I'm just saying, you know, now everyone knows. This is the... <laughs> All these things that if we're going to be in front of someone else's audience, how we can come alongside them as well and how we can best serve them. Amen. Thank you so, so very much. Good to have you here with us, Erica. Well, thanks for letting me come and hang out with you. I mean, I didn't sit on your lap today. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's, that's not on your bio, too. The very first time that she won, that I was at the event where she won her first book award, and I happened to be conveniently placed where when she won the award, she got so overwhelmed and excited, she sat straight down on my lap. And I'm there going, it's okay. It's okay. This is all good. This is all good. <laughs> it was such a great experience. I tell you, oh. when you can experience Erica Wiggenhorn that way, you know, you remember it for a lifetime. So <laughs> it's all good. It's all well, good. You're catching me as I was falling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Erica. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for being here with us today. And I want to thank all of you friends for joining us. Please take a moment, if you will, to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating. Post an episode review. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode with Erica. And hit subscribe. That way you will not miss any of the episodes coming your way. I greatly appreciate you because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you on our next episode of Your Best writing life.